Hello, good evening. So today I'm going to be answering a question. Uh, my normal schedule is going to be put on hold while I'm traveling, but I thought I'd take this opportunity to go over some of uh, the questions that are languishing on our website without answers. So the top question for today is about anger. In some ways it's similar, it's, it's a part of this um, category of questions that involve um, a, a frustration or a disappointment, a concern, even a doubt perhaps, as to why the meditation isn't bringing results. Or, or even worse, why is it bringing bad results? So the person describes how they practiced a different way and, and something very strange happened, but they weren't afraid because they believed that meditation can't bring bad things. Well, but then they started practicing our way, according to my videos and book, I think. And bad things started happening. Well, I'm not sure that's exactly what they're getting at, but um, they find themselves angry, perhaps even more angry than before. Angry at their friends, um, angry during meditation, perhaps. At the very least, anger isn't going away. It's not, when they practice meditation, they don't feel less angry. I've talked about why this can be, why meditation seems to bring bad things. Can meditation bring bad things, right? So I'm going to try to not have too much overlap with that video. I won't delve too much into why, except maybe at the end. But I'd like to talk um, about a, a misconception about meditation, a couple of misconceptions. Uh, the first, I think, is that meditation can't bring bad things. And I, I think I, um, I think I may have mentioned this in my other in my other video. But let's get a little deeper into this. Meditation certainly can bring bad things, and uh, I, I want to be ver be very careful to qualify that statement um, because we use the word meditation loosely, and that's dangerous. Well, that that's problematic. Um, I don't want to freak people out. <laughs> I say meditation can cause problems. People won't want to meditate. But the point being that the word meditation could mean anything. It's very ill-defined. It's defined differently in different contexts, right? Descartes wrote a book called Meditations. I don't know what the French, I guess the French was Meditation, I don't know. Um, or it was in Latin, I think, originally. Um, and then there, there are many Christian talks. The word meditation is an English word, of course, and it comes from the Latin, probably meditari, I suppose, something like that. And so we have to be clear when we use the word meditation what we mean. Now, when I use it, I generally mean the meditation that I teach, and that's a very specific usage of the word, right? If I were to say it that way, then yes, in my other video I said meditation can lead to bad things, because when I say meditation, I mean uh, my meditation. But that's a dangerous statement without qualifying it, because for most people, meditation 
is all the same. For most people, there's this conception that when you sit down and close your eyes, one thing and one thing only is going to happen. They may not know exactly what that is, but it's all the same, right? Maybe different techniques, but the same thing is going to happen, and that's just patently false. Many different things could happen based on the meditation, based on your state of mind. Now, I've outlined why I, I, I believe, and I'm quite sure, that mindfulness meditation, as the actual practice of cultivating mindfulness, can't lead to bad things. Um, but, but first of all, you have to be practicing mindfulness, and there are many other types of meditation that aren't mindfulness, according to our tradition. And then um, you have to be doing it properly, right? So bad things certainly can come by closing your eyes and focusing your mind in some way, which is really, I think, all that meditation means. You do something with your mind, you do something with your body, and uh, some results come from it. But you could be doing anything, right? There's premeditative murder, which is a good example. It may not seem like it, but it actually is, because you can sit, close your eyes, and plot someone's demise, or plot a, a, a murder. I think that's probably quite rare uh, use of the word meditation, but uh, there's many less extreme things you can do that are still bad, where you sit and you plot you think evil thoughts, or you become conceited, sometimes you might close your eyes, even Buddhist meditators fall into this. You close your eyes and you think of how great you are, or how great Buddhism is, or how great meditation is, and you feel quite proud of it. Um, so it's important to understand that meditation may not always be, be positive. I, I think it's maybe a little disingenuous to talk about negative meditations, but there's another category, and that's the category of meditations that are based on a conceptual object. And this might not be familiar, it should be familiar to most of my students, but this idea that you would focus on a person, a place, a thing, a, even an element, like some kind of concept, a really common one is something like a flame. You might focus on a, on a flame. Because a flame is a thing, right? It's actually, you don't ever see a flame. You see light, there's, there's an experience of seeing, but in your mind you say, that's a flame, as opposed to being anything else. So it is conceptual. And because it's conceptual, it can connect with other concepts. It, it exists in your mind. Why we stick to very simple things like fire, is, like flame, is because it's actually a little bit difficult for it to connect with other concepts if you're strict and if you have a teacher, most uh, especially. You're likely able to just stick with fire, but do it over time, especially without a teacher, and you find it morphs into something else because it connects with your other con concepts in the mind, hell perhaps, uh, magic perhaps. And strange things start to happen. You'll find it morphs and it, it evolves, and because you're not mindful, um, you follow the evolution. You think this is the path, maybe it's going somewhere, and it can lead you to good things. It can lead you apparently to magical powers. But it can also lead you to bad things. If you have problematic uh, imagination and, and emotions, um, you might start to get afraid and get caught up in the fear. I mean, I think this person who practices mindfulness of breathing and, and something happens and they're not afraid, I think that is quite helpful. 
because fear can lead you in a very bad direction. But the opposite is also true. Without caution, without fear, you can find yourself developing a specific habit that, that may be quite particular to your mind and can lead you in all sorts of directions. I mean, I've seen people with great confidence go crazy uh, temporarily because they just didn't have any real uh, mindfulness. They, did, they didn't have a clear understanding of what they're doing. Their meditation wasn't based on experiences. It was based on concepts. But because they were so confident, they developed this, and they developed it to such a point um, that they just kind of got lost in it, got stuck in it. Right? Because meditation does cultivate habits, and once you've cultivated a habit, it's very difficult to change it. It's not impossible, of course. You can't go crazy irrevocably. Uh, but certainly quite, quite um, powerfully, and, and it can be quite difficult to get out of the insanity. So, um, not, not exactly related to the question, but an important preface. The, the more important issue here about this question that this person is asking is this sense that is quite common for meditators. And it's another, uh, I would say, misunderstanding, misconception about meditation. Is that uh, meditation is a direct path to happiness and purity, let's say. So I think there's two things here. Happiness meaning states that are comfortable, peaceful, pleasant, enjoyable, perhaps. And purity being states that are free from anger, for example, also lust or greed, uh, confusion, doubt, worry, fear, all of these things. That meditation, when you sit down and close your eyes and you practice correctly, it should be like flicking a switch, or maybe not flicking the switch, but it should be a clear tasting of these two qualities, these two states that have these two qualities, purity and, and happiness. So the analogy I was thinking of is it's similar to uh, eating a bowl of rice. So we think of meditation as like eating a bowl of rice. You have rice, you cook the rice, and you eat it quite simple, right? Meditation is not, and by and now I'm, by meditation I mean our meditation. If I haven't confused you, um, let's be clear here. Now I'm, I'm switching. I'm no longer saying meditation could be anything. I'm saying we're talking about mindfulness meditation. Mindfulness meditation is not like that. It's not like eating a bowl of rice. There are a lot of things that are like eating a bowl of rice, not just meditations. Um, and I, I think the perception or the search, our, our inclination to find things that are like eating a bowl of rice leads us to taking drugs, uh, medication. I think there's a real problem with our reliance upon drugs, which are very much a bowl of rice, right? You take the drugs, yes, they do have an immediate and, and direct result. Um, even just enjoyment of sensual pleasures, which means any kind of sight or sound or taste or smell or feeling, even a thought, you know, if you read fiction or, or fantasize about things. 
all of those are like eating a bowl of rice. You you have the rice and, and you feel good. The goodness comes from it. The problem, and this analogy is not going to be perfect, but let's take it somewhere. The problem is that eventually you run out of rice. And suppose you have a family and you say, okay, we've got this rice, we'll just eat it. And you spend all your time cooking and eating the rice and, and just enjoying life because you've got this rice. But then you run out of rice, and then you have to suffer. You have no way of getting more rice. Right? Let's assume we're putting aside money in a very simple sense, in a very simple setting. You've ran out of rice, and now you're in trouble. You're going to suffer because you have no rice. So there's something better you could have done. Maybe you can see where this analogy is going. Um, to get more rice without money, we're putting aside the whole money economy, you have to go and, and, and harvest rice. And so you say, oh, well, there we go. I'm, I'm out of rice, so I'll go and harvest more rice. Now, harvesting rice is work that you have to do. And so I, I think you could stretch this analogy to talk about uh, tranquility meditation. Tranquility meditation might be like harvesting rice. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Let's just put it this way, that harvesting rice isn't still enough. Because the person, then they say, well, we run out of rice, let's go and harvest rice. Okay, we go out and, oh, our field is full of rice. Well, if they're lucky, that, that's a good thing. And so we might think of meditation, let's say we might think of meditation that way that it's like harvesting rice. And if you harvest rice, you, you, you get more rice, and then you can eat it, and you can enjoy it. Meditation still isn't like that. And there's still a problem, and it does hold with mindfulness meditation. The problem with harvesting rice is you run out of rice to harvest as well. Meditation is, mindfulness meditation, is much more like planting rice. I think it's a, it's a fairly good analogy. And I'll explain why. You plant rice, and then you have rice to harvest. But one thing about planting rice, if you'll notice, you actually need rice to plant rice. So I don't know how that fits in, but in, into our analogy. But what does fit is the fact that you have to sacrifice happiness to practice, med to practice mindfulness meditation quite often. And I think perhaps always. Um, Let's just say, practically speaking, everyone has to sacrifice happiness in order to practice meditation. And there's a reason for that, and I've talked about that in other videos. The reason is because you're trying to understand why you're suffering. You're trying to understand what you're doing wrong. You're trying to change your perspective on the things that cause you suffering. So mindfulness is not... Um, a practice where you can just sit and enjoy it. It's something you have to do in order to grow rice and then in order to eat it. And the growing rice in meditation practice, once you practice mindfulness, many bad things come. Um, bad things come because you're physically uh, changing your behavior. Right? Normal meditation, mindfulness meditation involves physical postures sitting still, walking back and forth, and that's quite uncomfortable both physically and mentally. It can be. Not always, but it can be. 
And when it is, well, that's a bad thing that comes. It's not like just enjoying. You can't just enjoy meditation because you're going to feel pain. Mentally, you're going to um, observe the pain. You're not going to try to distract yourself with something pleasant. But as you practice meditation, just like planting rice, something changes. You start to grow something that has a great potential to feed you, a great potential to bring you happiness and bring you purity. So the practice of mindfulness, just like planting rice, it doesn't lead even directly to happiness. Sometimes it does. It can. But, no, let's say it doesn't lead ever directly because there's something in between. And what is in between is the understanding, the insight that the, the result of, of mindfulness, which is actually, you know, it, it can, it's quite immediate. And that's why I say sometimes it can be quite pleasant. It, it actually isn't, but it is uh, through the intermediary. Once you are mindful, like even just a moment, sometimes you'll find yourself very mindful of pain. You feel the pain and you're very mindful of it. And then you find yourself free from it find yourself free from anger over it. But the intermediary was insight. The interme or, sorry, the intermediary was seeing clearly, was vipassana. Insight, again, I think is a bit misleading, but it, it's the clear seeing that comes from, from observing. And clear seeing, I think, is, is more involved than just a simple moment of seeing clearly. It, it also can involve sort of complex states of realizing how, how wrong you are seeing things, right? And so it can be an involved process, and that's why often over time only are you able to see, uh, see results. But the important point I think, is that we don't see meditation as a direct link to, to happiness and, and, and purity. Meditation is about learning, observing and learning about our bad habits and uh, learning new habits, better habits. Those habits will grow in our mind like rice plants. We have lots of weeds, you might say. You can't go out to a field of weeds looking for rice. You can't even go out into a field of weeds with a sickle or a knife or whatever it is and cut and, and cut down the weeds and try to get rice to cook. Hmm? You need um, you need to plant. So it's it's a three step process really. Meditation is the mindfulness meditation is not something that we should ever think of as bringing us directly happiness or purity. Meaning, when you're mindful, you might feel very angry. You might find that mindfulness makes you more angry. Why? Again, you're sitting still, very still, and we don't like that. That makes us angry. Um, you're observing the experiences, you're facing them head on, and we don't like that. We want to avoid them, we want to run away from them. So that makes us angry. Um, and, and, and that can um, translate into angry states during your life. 
right? You, you normally, when someone would interact with you, you would engage with them, and you would do something in a way that makes you happy, like eating your rice, right? Uh, when you're mindful, you might find it frustrating. You might find it, um, hey, this person is interrupting my meditation or making it difficult for me to meditate. You might feel stressed because it's just very hard to be mindful when you're in a social situation. You might find your lack of entertainment, right? your lack of enjoyment that comes from being mindful frustrates you when you're with other people and so you find yourself just frustrated all the time and displeased and depressed even. You might feel like meditation makes you more depressed. It's not the fault of meditation. I mean, it's the fault of our weedy, barren field. <laughs> our field is barren of, of clarity, of, of purity. And we have to cultivate that. But make no mistake, and, and there should be no doubt, there can be no doubt, that mindfulness does lead to clarity, which does lead to purity, which does lead to happiness. Why can there be no doubt is because of the nature of the exercise, the nature of the, the, the practice. Mindfulness is reminding yourself of how things are. It's about creating a perspective. It is what it is. It's quite simple and it's quite direct. It's quite impossible if you, I mean, most people, it's very hard for us because we're not used to thinking in this way, but for someone who's practiced, it, it's, it's clear. It's, it's perfectly clear that there is no doubt. There can be no doubt about the practice. It, it, it's a very simple and clear and, and obvious um, cause and effect practice. You, you, you remind yourself and you cultivate a perspective of it is what it is, as opposed to it's bad, it's good, it's me, it's mine, anything that might cause reactions. And as a result, you see things clearly. The, the, the only result could be a, a way of seeing that is clear, that is pure. And that transforms so much. It pulls up all the weeds in the field. It plants so many uh, productive, fruitful rice plants. And the result can only be rice, right? Of course, there's there can be many uh, there can be pests that come in. Uh, in Thailand, they have to worry about crabs. The crabs will eat will cut the rice plants. Mice as well. Of course, then they kill the mice and the crabs. But the analogy holds. We have to sometimes kill mice and crabs in our minds or in our in our lives. Meaning, we have to and and it. No, you, you don't have to actually kill mice and crabs. You shouldn't. That's bad. Um, but things in your life that you have to eliminate in order to progress in the practice, things that you have to cultivate, sometimes you need fences to keep things out, right? Um, and fences are things like there are other meditation practices. Morality, ethics is a very good thing, keeping the five or eight precepts. Uh, even just things like our, our, our techniques, like walking and sitting meditation, are very good ways. Because someone might say, oh, I can just be mindful. I don't need to do actual walking or sitting meditation. Well, watch out for the crabs and the mice and the, the, the fungus that might come and blight your field. But this idea that meditation, we should be discouraged because meditation is bringing bad things is, is I think, a product of this sort of misunderstanding of what meditation is. A, a good idea of, of why 
why shouldn't why isn't mindfulness? Why wouldn't it be just be easier to have a practice that does just lead to directly to happiness? Uh, is it, it, quite simply because we're dealing with the problems. It's like a physician. A physician doesn't um, just give you medication to make you feel good. They they find somewhere like if a person has cancer, cancer treatments can be quite painful. Um, and, and it's quite simply because you're dealing with the problem. You're you're getting involved in the problem, and the problem is painful. The problem is unpleasant. Until you can cure and fix the problem, you won't have happiness. I mean, it's a quite a simple equation or a simple, I don't know, uh, framework. The framework of, of 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 not seeking out the the uh, desired result, but focusing on what it is that's stopping you from achieving the desired result, which physicians do, right? Some an oncologist would do for a cancer patient. A meditation teacher does for a meditator. They help them to focus on what's causing them stress and suffering, what's causing the anger. And so that can be quite unpleasant. It's, um, it's the nature of things. And so, uh, anyway, I hope that helped. That's the answer for that question. I'll try and make these regularly now, at least during this month. Next month I'm going to be away, probably. Well, no promises on videos, but... Thank you all for tuning in. Wish you all the best.